Well, today you don't have to listen to me. Uh, I'm not going to be preaching this morning. And so I'm so thankful that we, our church is so rich with so many who can come and bring a message. Uh, last night, we married off Caleb and Emily, my, my son and, and Emily, as you see on the platform so uh, often. And the, the Graham family has grown by one today. So, <laughs> so thankful for them. And, uh, and just to put it this way, I'm tarred, all right? I'm tarred. So uh, it's been awesome, but I am so thankful to have some mighty men of God like Danny Elledge, and he's going to come bring a word today for you, and I'm so thankful for him, man with great style, fashion, fashion sense, that's my twin brother, (laughs) and so uh, so thankful for Danny. Uh, Let's pray uh, that the Lord will just prepare your ears to hear what God has already prepared him to speak. Father God, I pray that each one of us will be open and listening, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. Lord, may the words that you speak through Danny not land softly on our heads, but burrow deep into our hearts. Holy Spirit, you do a mighty work in us today. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah, wow. Uh, I don't know talk about are you sheep bleeding and uh, that'd be the be the title of the message there they are right there and uh just kind of want to start out that been here oh two and a half years or so and and they usually sat over there in the in the ghetto section and the ghetto section being whatever chair i'm sitting in okay just clear that up and uh first time i sat there i mean this is about the last thing that i would have thought what I'd be doing on the on the platform here, and and uh, what a, what a blessing this uh, this church is and has been and will continue to be, and the and the growth that's just gone on just in the in the last two and a half years since uh, since a little over two and a half years now. And one of the things that uh, doing Katie can't say that I, uh, I pray this prayer all the time, but First uh, Chronicles four. And uh, I think I want to start about verse 9. This is a prayer that I probably, it may be one of the reasons why I ended up up here. But uh, now, First uh, Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, starting with verse 9. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the Lord of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And so uh, I would pray that on a, on a regular basis. And Lord, knowing, knowing my heart, when it says, uh, oh, that you would bless me indeed, all, all about that. I want everything that you have for me, Lord, whatever, whatever that is. I don't want anything wrong with that. And enlarge my territory. And the Lord, in my heart, I did not... I don't need more territory. Man, let me get more. I, I, I can't manage what the Lord has already blessed me with anyway. So what this could mean, enlargement territory, could mean sphere of influence. And this is more than I've never spoken before, this amount of folks. I'll, and, it, and it is different whenever I'm at Baxter or River Grace or, or, or wherever and and, uh, and then preaching, preaching, or well, whatever it is I'm doing, speaking, whatever it is I'm doing, um, 
to folks that, that know me and, and, and the love and, and the prayers. And it's just, it's been, this is a special, we have a special thing going on here at the Springs. And uh, I, I believe that most of us recognize that. But, uh, and then it says also that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And, uh, but anyway, it's known as a, as a prayer of Jabez. And uh, I, I fully recognize that he is enlarging my boundaries and territories. And if I'd have known it was going to be this, I probably wouldn't have prayed this prayer. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, Anyway, yeah, just be careful what you pray for, basically. <laughs> and uh, and I got I have notes here because I'm I'm kind of like my brother uh, Brad, and that uh, and by the way I don't have but about 14 pages here, so we ought yeah we ought to be really good good shape here. <laughs> my my brother and, and, and my friend Pastor Eric, we have been accused of. Uh, resembling, I had, I was sitting up here one time. I guess one of the classes, and a guy came up and said to me, "Well, he he thought that I was I was him, and once he found out I wasn't him, he got up and he, and he went back, <laughs> and I chased him back down to the back door. Hey, man, you know, uh, come on now, you know. Well, I really, I did, yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> and then at Faith Fest, there was a there was an individual that said, "Are." Are you Eric's dad? <laughs> he said, you know, she, well, they said, y'all even sound alike, you know? And I didn't really, and several people said that, and I really never really noticed the, the resemblance, but that's about where it starts because we are seriously blessed with, uh, with my brother Eric. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yes, indeedy. And uh, we went to Kenya. Back in 99, 2000, whenever it was. And uh, <clears throat> we had, I believe we had more fun than we were supposed to, you know. And we were lay over in the airport, we were playing skip bow, I can't remember. I mean, we just had a great, great time. And uh, St. Sheila went with us, and then uh, Lauren was with us too. And, and uh, it, was just a, it was just a sweet, sweet time. And that wasn't in my notes, so I mean, we were, we're already falling behind here. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm as I'm as disappointed as as any of y'all. I would I'd rather be sitting over right about behind Kelly, I think, and and, and listening to my brother. But you're stuck with me for here for just a little while. And uh, we're going to look at we're going to be in First uh, Samuel. And what I'd kind of like to do is is uh, man, there's a lot of stuff in First Samuel. I mean, it's just it's just some good stuff to overview. You got uh, you have Samuel. Uh, of course, and uh, the book goes back to about 1,000, 1,100 B.C. is when it was written, and the, the book is, is kind of broken down, and uh, some say that Samuel wrote it, and then, then also uh, Nathan, and, and, uh, Nathan and Nadab uh, and Gad, and it kinda, it's kind of confirmed in, uh, let's see, uh, First Chronicles, First Chronicles 29, 29 kind of kind of confirms that, and that uh, the, the, uh, it confirmed that they were also writers, writers of this book. And, um, and there's a, a seer versus a prophet, seer versus a prophet, 
at one time a seer was the same thing as a prophet. And you, the, earlier it was, they were noted as seers and then later on uh, became prophets. A prophet is a teacher of known truth. A seer is a, perceive, a, a perceiver of, uh, of hidden truth. So the book of Samuel is broken down into, talks about Eli, talks about the family of uh, Elkanah. And uh, he had two wives, uh, Penina and uh, Hannah. And Hannah is the, is the mother of, uh, of Samuel. And so uh, I want to look at uh, 1 Samuel. Uh, and then, and, and then that's, that's the first uh, chapter 1 through chapter 7 basically covers that. And then chapter, uh, chapter 8 through 15, it's more about Samuel and Saul. And then, uh, and then later on in, in the book, uh, going from chapter 16 to, to the last part of it, it's, it concerns Saul and David. But... Um, Let's go to uh, 1 Samuel in 1 and uh, chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 1. And, and the family of Elkanah again was, was Hannah and, and uh, Elkanah. And uh, let's see. What, uh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> we'll just start at, uh, we'll start at verse 5 of chap, chapter uh, of 1. Or two. Let's first start at verse two. I'm not even a little bit nervous. Uh, and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. So Panina was uh, having kids left and right, and Hannah was barren. And um, we had. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let's go to let's go to verse. Verse 8, and, and, and what was going on in between time before this is that Panina was really giving Hannah the blues. I mean, she, it was na-na-na, na-na-na-na-na, I don't have kids and you don't, one of those kind of things. And in uh, verse 8, then, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better than you than ten sons? And then we'll look at Let's look at Hannah's response and see what she answered. Okay, well, she didn't say anything after that. Okay, now, and, and it's kind of like, hey, baby, ain't that enough? Hey, 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 what, what, what do you need kids for? Now, sometimes, sometimes we're, not, we're not very bright, you know, especially I'm talking to the guys. And that uh, she, what, what, what did Hannah do? She went... She went straight. She arose after they'd finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And this is where the tabernacle, the tabernacle was at Shiloh. And she went straight and said to the priest at the seat in the doorpost, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And I mean, there was a lot of anguish going on. And this is just kind of a kind of word for the guys. And that um, uh, sometimes we just need to maybe shut up and listen, you know. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe there's times we don't need to say anything. And, uh, <clears throat> but uh, we just um, also in this, in uh, chapter two, we're gonna, gonna move on. These are just kind of hitting the highlights. And if you read uh, Hannah's, Hannah's prayer in chapter two, there is no petition in that prayer that I, that I found. It was all praise and honor to God. You get, you, you get, a, you get a chance to, to read Hannah's prayer and you will know her heart. And again, this is the one that bore Samuel. And, and, and starting early with her, with, her, with her kiddos 
she had, she was bearing up until the time that everything, I'm giving him, I'm giving him to you, Lord. Well, I asked for a male child, God delivered, gave him a male child. I'm giving Samuel to you. We can do the same thing with, with our kiddos. And I, I really believe that, that Lord God can do a whole lot better with our kids than we can. Sometimes we need to take our, sometimes we need to take our hands off of them. And then we'll see Eli's problem later on that Lee, Eli honored his sons more than he honored the Lord. And look what happened to them. We'll, we'll see what happened to them. It wasn't a good call. So, I mean, it is, it is just imperative. And I think one of the things uh, that I received from, from my dad, and my, uh, uh, I knew that he loved me. Uh, he had... Uh, he had, he had issues, World War II vet, uh, General Patton, Battle of the Bulge, all of that. And when he left, he wasn't the same person that came back. And so, but I knew, that, and that's huge, I knew that he loved me in spite of all the stuff. We had one slim conversation, and this isn't in my notes either, it's pitiful. And... Uh, but we just, uh, loving your children and that they know that you love them is huge. You can make a whole lot of mistakes. You can, you can really make a mess. And that one thing right there fixes a whole lot of stuff. It just, it just does. And that's just a word for wise. For, the, for those of us that are a little bit longer in the tooth, you know, and can kind of look back on the, on the mistakes that they've made. And uh, all you got to do is talk to my kiddos. No, no, never mind. Don't do that. Don't talk to my kiddos. And, uh, but uh, the name Samuel, Samuel means heard by God. We've got, a, we've got a Sammy Garza. We've got a Samuel Harris. Any other Samuels in the house? See any other Samuels? I know we've got at least a couple of them, but heard by God. And it's kind of cool. Daniel, my name's Daniel, is God is my judge. So if you don't know what your name means, look it up and see what your name is. It, it, you can, you can kind of latch onto that too. And... Um, but anyway, the wicked sons of Eli, uh, there was a, just a lot of, lot of junk and stuff going on in, uh, the, in the tabernacle and through the priest, Eli being, a, Eli being a priest. And one of the things, too, is that Samuel was the last judge and Saul will become the first king later on in this book. And it was just contempt and arrogance toward people and worship. They abused the tabernacle. They, uh, they made a mess of it, and they paid a price. And it kind of goes back to uh, and, and the, the key to this, to, to this message is obedience or disobedience. If you want to know whether or not it's important or not, and if you have a concordance in the back of it, look up obey or obedience and see if it's important to God or not. We can have this we can have this memorized, front and back, and I mean we can we can jump through a lot of religious, uh, legalistic kind of stuff, and, and 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 a lot of those things being being good, and uh, but a lot of times what obedience takes and what obedience does is take us out of our comfort zone, and. Uh, I can I can I can resemble that just a little bit, and I mean it almost. <laughs> but I mean, if you want 
but, but at the same time, the, the blessings, the people that have come up have gotten text messages, they had folks over here praying for me, and I mean, the, 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 the blessings always, always go beyond whatever effort you thought that you put forth or whatever you think it cost you, you always, you always receive more with, with obedience. And uh, disobedience, disobedience, you will pay, you will pay a price. And uh, sometimes, sometimes it's here we have, we have folks that, that lead us that um, they're getting by and they're skating through right now. But guess what? Yeah, there is a there is a day coming. It's a level playing field. Bank bank account not gonna make any difference. None of that's gonna make any difference. There is an account for our obedience or disobedience. And uh, but anyway, the the sons of Eli they they did uh, take advantage. They took advantage of their position at at the tabernacle, and uh, and it, and it started with Eli. And that's why I'm saying that us being, us being parents and grandparents and what have you, it is very, very important that our kiddos hear and know truth. Uh, you know, as, uh, like, like, like Brad, Brad shared earlier, you know, it's just I am the way, the truth, and the life. And everything should center upon the one that said that. And his name is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus. And uh, they, were taking, they were partaking of the sacrifice before they were offered to the Lord. And um, uh, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, and I'm sure I've skipped over some, but thank you, Angry, for, uh, for putting all of those, I just about put all of 1 Samuel. Uh, anyway, she loaded everything down. Uh, 18 and 19, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer a yearly sacrifice. So there was, uh, it just started out, he, he, he started out with a head start because of mom and her heart. Let us be that. Let us be a, let us be a Hannah. And let us have that desire to want to serve and just, uh, ser- just honestly and truly with, 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 with an open heart and an open mind. Uh, these last two and a half years, I've been a period of, Relearning, unlearning, renewal, revival, restoration, whatever you want to call it. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. So I think uh, it, 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 pays, it pays dividends if we don't have already a set agenda, if we don't already have a, 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 a set thing in our mind, well, this is the way we've always done it, that kind of thing. And that we have to be open and led by Holy Spirit. And that is the common denominator right there. And that I'm, uh, it, Holy Spirit is, is Holy Spirit. And if we all have the same spirit, to me, it just seems like there ought to be some unity in that. And I just believe that there is unity in it. And we, we're seeing it. We're seeing the unity. You know, we don't have a whole lot. And, and if there is a whole lot of yakety yak, don't talk back. I ain't, I'm not hearing it, you know. I'm not. And, and good. And if you've got some yakety yak, don't talk. Don't come to me. And so, and I mean, I'm hoping that everybody has that same mind that we are one body with different members. And we just see it time after time after time of folks just pitching in. You see somebody doing something, get in there and, 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 and give them a hand. Especially this morning, I uh, used to work offshore on a, on, on a drill ship. And one of the things, if you wanted to get run off, was you pass somebody by and they're trying to 
uh, towed on something or, and you don't land the hand, that's a good way to go to the beach. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's just, it ought to be that way here. And I believe it is that way here. You know, it is amazing. We have the uh, Wednesday night thing with the chairs and the tables and everything. And I mean, my goodness, I mean, it's hard to keep, those, keep up whenever we're reeling those uh, tables in there. It's just amazing uh, how, much, how much smoother things go whenever everybody is operating, whenever everybody is plugged in and doing and with that love and, and, and with that desire to, to serve. It's, it's, uh, this, is, this is special. This is a special place. This is a special gathering. And I'm trying to, I can't, I can't, I can't absorb it all, which is, which is good. It's always, always overflowing. That's where we want to be. That's the same way. That's what we want with Holy Spirit. We want Holy Spirit overflowing us. We want him to live in and through us. That is, that is the key. And anything other than that, uh, you, you mess around and you got you a dose of religion. And, and I mean, we want true religion, you know, but we don't want uh, we don't want just a whole bunch of whole bunch of religion. Let us let us be ob obedient to what he tells us to do. And it's one of those things that, guess what? It is very very difficult to know what he wants you to do. If maybe this is the first time you got into this, if maybe this is the first time you you saw this was today. And then again, you're you're going to leave here, and the next time you get into this is next Sunday. That's a good way. You ain't ready. You're not ready for worship. You, uh, this, this place, whenever you come in here, it is an overflow of what God has given you and what God has shown you during the week. And then we can all join in. And I praise God for our worship team. All we really needed to do is after that we just say, amen, it's invitation time. You didn't need to hear from me. It was good. You know, praise God for our children workers. I mean, we just, it's just, not everybody is suited for that. And I'd be one of those that's not. And I mean, I, I, I love my kids, and there was a lot of times I didn't like them. That was the way my mom was. My mom loved me. She just didn't like me very much. As long as I was in home by dark, she was happy, you know, if children were to be seen and not heard. And, and I mean, that's just, that's, just the way, that's just the way it was. And I know some of y'all can resemble but uh, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, let's go on to chapter three, uh, Samuel's first first prophecy, uh, chapter three. Let's look at verses four. Uh, and the Lord called Samuel, and he said, "Here I am." So he ran to Eli and said, "Here I am." Three times the Lord's waking him up. He doesn't recognize God's voice at the time. Here I am. And then finally, the fourth time or, 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 or third time, Eli said, okay, well, it must be the Lord talking to him. It tells you how far Eli was away from him. He, he should have recognized it the first, you know, at least the second time anyway, but it took three times. And, and then he goes back and tells uh, in verse 10 of chapter 3, now the Lord came and stood as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. And so the, the first three times, he just said Samuel one time. And then that fourth time, he said Samuel twice. He definitely got his attention. Okay, it's me. And now, now let me hear what you got to, let me hear what you have to say. And then uh, it goes, it, it, it basically goes on that the very first prophecy he got is that what's going to happen to Eli and his two boys. And it ain't good. And uh, his two boys would be, would be, uh, 
would be taken out later because of what they did with the Ark of the Covenant. Whenever we do things, God gives us free will and a free spirit. Whenever we do things, that's how he allows us to do that. But at the same time, they knew better. They knew what the law was. These, these, were, these were priests. And, I mean, they, they, they were uh, Levitical law and all that sort of thing. I mean, everything, they had it written down on how they were supposed to handle the Ark of the Covenant. All of that they were supposed to do. And they chose not to, they chose not to do it. And we can, we can get out from underneath the, uh, Brother Eric talks about get, get up underneath the, that umbrella of uh, protection. But uh, it's not a good place to be. It's kind of like a little old puppy that should have stayed on the porch. You know, you're out there on 804, you're riding your scooter and you mind your own business, and all of a sudden here comes a little puppy and he wants to get up underneath my floorboard. You know, and so I mean, it's, the puppy would have been better. He, he, he's fine. Puppy's fine. He rolled around, he kind of shook it off a little bit, and he went on, got back up on the porch where he belonged. But we just got to be careful that we will pay a price whenever we decide to go our own way. It ain't good, it ain't pretty. And so, I mean, let's, uh, and, and God knows that we are simple. We have the choice of obedience or disobedience. There's really, and, and, and I know that there's probably some gray areas in there sometime and that we look at it and uh, we get involved in a lot of things that are good. It may or may have not been called to do that. It may or may not be just in the absolute perfect will of God. But what he wants us to do is to take that step. And nothing happened until their feet hit the Jordan. I mean, until they started, until they started that away, <clears throat> Moses, the Red Sea, you know, God's asking him, why are you still talking to me? I've already told you what to do. And so they had to, they had to go on. And so, I mean, take that right step. And if you're going this way and he wants you to, 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 to go that way, then fine. He'll, he'll adjust that. But uh, sitting not going to get her done. It's just not. I mean, we, we, we have to take those steps and trust him and believe that he is going to see you through some things. And uh, let's see. Chapter 4, the Ark of the Covenant. It was captured by the Philistines. I want you to know the Philistines, they were a problem. They were a problem for a while. And uh, one of the things that, of course, that First Samuel gets into is, is Saul and David, David and Goliath, and then Saul's defeat and, and Saul's death uh, towards the end of the book. But uh, the Ark of the Covenant um, in, uh, in chapter 4 was, uh, had been captured by the Philistines and, and, and Ark was returned. But uh, Hophni and Phinehas were Eli's sons, and they allowed the Ark of the Covenant to go into battle. And um, it, I didn't say to take it out of the tabernacle. Again, the tabernacle was located at Shiloh. That's where, that's where it was kept. And uh, there was just a lot of things. Eli, at this time, I mean, he's losing his eyesight. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's beginning, to, beginning to get old. But they, but they did that, and they paid a price for it. They paid a price for it with their life. They both died on the same day. And that was one of the prophecies that Samuel had received was that they would all die. Eli begged Samuel to tell him what the prophets, uh, what, what, the, what, what God told him was going to happen. And that was part of it, that both your sons are going to die on the same day. And that's exactly what happened to him. But um, 
But it, what we got into here is that being as Samuel was the last judge, the people wanted a king like, like the other nations. They wanted to be like everybody else. And I don't know, for me in reading the word, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, or I want to constantly be looking at, how does this apply to me? How does this apply to our culture? How does this apply to, to us? And I mean, we can see some things in that, how much do we want to be liked by everybody? You know, and then we have, we have some folks that may not particularly care for us for whatever reason, and they may be legitimate reasons. But how often do we want to be like, and what do we, what do we do? What do we do to accomplish that? Well, we end up looking more and more like them. We, mo we end up looking more and more like we want to fit in. We want to look like everybody else. It's not what he's called us to do. Well, I want to be, personally, I want to be a remnant. I just want to be that remnant. Lord, I, in these last days, however many days I got left, whether he snatches me out of here or whether he, uh, I get to take my last breath somewhere here, is that I want to keep my eyes on the prize, I want to keep my eyes on the tape, I want to look at the end of the race like Paul talked about, and then I, I, want, I want to break the tape. I want to finish. I want to finish, and I want to finish strong. And uh, I, <clears throat> I started out strong, had a little wilderness period there, and uh, it didn't work out very good for me. And so um, I just want to finish whatever time I got left. I want to finish strong for him. And, and uh, so what, what does it look like whenever Samuel, uh, uh, they said, we, wanna, we want a king. And I mean, they, the people in and of themselves, they had some excuses, if you want to call it. Well, you know, you guys are corrupt. Your sons are corrupt. And uh, we want to be like the other nations, and we want a king. And, and uh, again, I kind of look at this as how does this compare uh, to, to where we are now in, in our nation, in our culture. You know, we have, we have a, a president, and it is over the, over the centuries, this uh, American experience for 247 years, I guess, and that there was a time that the, there were divided powers and maybe not so much anymore, but we, in effect, have a king with the executive orders and all that sort of thing. Without getting too deep in the weeds on politics, I can, get, I can get sideways real quick on that, so I need to get away from that. But I'm just saying, how are we... Um, and and what, what God tells Samuel is that they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They rejected me. And, and, and again, we're getting back, to, we're getting back to, to obedience, disobedience. How often, as a nation, over, over some of the things that's going on now, how often in this culture have we rejected yeah. him and him alone? And, and, we, and we do it, uh, if, we're, if we're not really constantly in our mind that he is in the forefront, that uh, putting, on our, putting on our armor every day, Asking, asking God to give us the helmet of salvation. Give us clarity. Lord, may your mind be in me. Giving, putting on the, the breastplate of righteousness, that right standing that I want to have with you. Putting on the belt of truth, Lord, that you would give me discernment between your absolute truth and the enemy's half-truth. And that's what gets us so many times. The enemy's half-truths, they always oh, make them look so good, but they throw a little caveat in there. You know, there's just some little something. That, and before you know it, you're off in somewhere that you don't, you don't have any business being. And the shield of faith that puts out the, the darts of the evil one, not if, but when they come. 
and, and in, the, in, in the gospel shoes in preparation of the gospel that we tell everyone, according to this, the broad is the path that, that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to salvation. And so I'm, if, if I'm reading that right, then the bulk of the folks, they're not, they're not going to the right place. They're not, they're not going in the right, right direction. And may we be bold in our witness. If it's passing out of track, whatever, whatever that looks like, the folks that you work around, your family members and all those, let us speak the truth. And let us do the best we can to, to speak that truth in love. And uh, sometimes that's, that, uh, especially with me, before I know it, oh, man, you know, I may, uh, I may be a little bit... Um, adamant. I may become a little bit, uh, maybe I don't guard my words. Maybe the, the ohms of resistance up there is, is minimal and that whatever I'm thinking kind of spits out sometimes. And uh, it's just not good. And I know you electricians know what I'm talking about, ohms of resistance. But, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, just let's go, let's go on to uh, chapter 15. I appreciate you, Ingrid, again for putting all those scriptures in there that I did not use. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, what I really want to get to here is this story of um, Saul spares King Agag when he wasn't supposed to, and we're in First uh, Samuel 15. And uh, let's, uh, he, he was commanded by God to destroy all of them, take them all out, because they'd been wearing out, they'd been wearing out the children of Israel the minute they, they crossed, I mean, just from day one. Day one, they'd been wearing them out. Take them all out. And we don't know that what one of these, one of these folks wouldn't have, wouldn't have come, come against the lineage of Jesus. So there are reasons why God says eliminate all of them. And we just got to trust him, trust his word. Sometimes it doesn't look right, feel right. Why would you do that, Lord, and all that sort of thing? He has a purpose because he can see the before the foundation of the world. He can see the beginning and the end, and all we can see is right in front of our face. So he can see it all. <clears throat> and then uh, at verse 6 in chapter uh, 15, then Saul, then Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you sh showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, problem number one, yeah. and utterly destroyed all the people with their sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen and the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. Got a couple problems there. He took a king. King's supposed to be dead. You know, he took some uh, fine sheep. We ain't talking about probably a few sheep. We may be talking about thousands of sheep and livestock and what have you. And so we get over here. <laughs> We get over here to, uh, uh, let's look at about verse 13 of uh, chapter 15, 1 Samuel. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you, the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And right beside that I got written, you are a liar. You just lied. But Samuel said, When then 
What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? So bleeding of sheep is basically disobedience. Yeah. Have you, uh, if, you hear, if you're hearing sheep bleeding, there's, that's, that's disobedience. Are you sheep bleeding? Are you, have you been disobedient or have you been obedient? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Malachites. They, he, he blamed it on his men, blamed it on the folks. He's already put off all that stuff. They have brought them from the Malachites where the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord and the rest have utterly destroyed. Verse 16, then Samuel said to Saul, man, would you please shut up? Oh, wait. Uh, it says, be quiet. And I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And so, and this is hurting, this is hurting Samuel because he's already, he, uh, Samuel's already gotten a word before that uh, he was done. Saul was already done before this uh, because he had uh, participated in a, in an offering, a burnt offering, a peace offering he wasn't supposed to do. But um, so Samuel in verse 17 said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel and did not the Lord anoint you king of Israel? And now Lord, now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down and spoil and do evil on the side of the Lord? Here he goes again. And Saul said to some of you, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Well, you know, there was a time that, that uh, Saul was uh, anointed. God chose him as king. And uh, he was filled with the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, man, he's telling one lie after another here. So we got to be very, very careful that uh, we don't fall away because there was a time that the power of God was on his life. And uh, there's another time, you know, whenever, even whenever he was called and, and Samuel was going, he was hiding amongst the uh, uh, equipment. It said equipment. And I said, well, he's over there behind the John Deere hay baler. And, 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 uh, and there's another version that says, well, he's in the baggage. So I guess he's in amongst the baggage. But he stood taller. That was the other thing uh, about, about Saul is that he stood ahead above everyone else. He was the most handsome man in um, in Israel at the time. And so, I mean, as far as personal looks and, and, and all that sort of thing, doesn't mean that you have character. doesn't mean that you have, uh, know what your identity is in Christ. All those outward appearances mean little or, or, or nothing whenever it comes to spiritual issues. But um, one of the things here, and I'll, I'm close, uh, I'll get close to closing here. What? Whenever the praise team needs to come up, y'all just come on up and then I'll, I'll step down. <clears throat> um, verse 22, has the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices. This is verse 22 of uh, 15, 1 Samuel. As in obeying the, the voice of the Lord. Uh, Keith Green had a song, to obey is better than sacrifice. I don't need your money, I want your life. And I mean, obeying is the key. You can have... Uh, you, you, you can have a whole bunch of spiritual stuff, and if you don't, if obedience doesn't follow it, it's a problem. And so, I mean, uh, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed the fat, fat of runs. Verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, as of de uh, divination, rebellion. And sometimes we think that, that, that rebellion is, is cool. Well, I'll show them a thing or two. I'll tell them a thing. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and all that sort of thing. And because you have, re and stubbornness, you know, and stubbornness is as iniquity 
and adultery. Now, be, me being uh, German and Irish or Scottish, there we we take a little bit of pride, which is one problem, in being stubborn and hard-headed. I mean, we think it's like a a coat of arms. I mean, we just really think that being stubborn and hard-headed is, man, that's just, that's, that's a good thing. Well, no, not according to this. It says, and stubbornness, arrogance, insolence, hard-headedness is as iniquity and idolatry. We can put that thing up on the shelf. I'm going to be stubborn. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do it my way or the highway and all that. We can be stubborn like that. And it becomes idolatry. And I'm pretty sure that idolatry is sin. And so uh, we just got to be really, really careful on those things that we brought up. And maybe through our genealogy and maybe through our upbringing and up through our raising. As you get on down the road, you look back. Uh-oh. Uh, Mom, Dad, I love you. You know. But uh, that right there doesn't, doesn't line up with this. That stubbornness, that hard-headedness, and that lack of trust and, and that lack of faith. But are we obedient? In our time, our time is our most precious commodity. Are we obedient in the time that he has given us? Everything that we have is his. Our time is his. Are we obedient? Are we redeeming the time? Are we using the time for him? And like Brad was meddling this, 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 this morning about the TV, well, the, we have church over taxidermy shop uh, occasionally, and, one, and, and then also the Thursday night kingdom men, and so the guys know that I struggle with uh, uh, an addiction to, to TV. And it goes back to, you know, it being a, basically a babysitter. You know, I'm watching, man, I'm watching Rifleman and Gunsmoke and all of, you know, you know, growing up. And so uh, it, it, became, it became a babysitter. And, I, you know, I, I kind of, all you know, well, those young folks that are on this thing all the time, well... You know, it's just a small TV. That's all it is. And so, I mean, I, I don't have anything to say about, uh, uh, really, about our youngsters and, and that uh, they need to do something with it like I need to do something with the time that God has given me with, with uh, TV watching. So what, what are you doing with your time? It is our most precious commodity. What are you doing with your talents? And look into the folks that, that, that worship here. They have a talent, you know. I don't even know what into that thing to even, I mean, you know, it's just, it, it's unbelievable. Anybody that can, like this brother here on the keyboard, anybody that can pick that out is amazing to me. And, but God has given them that talent. And so uh, they're using their talents. Are you using yours, the, God, the, the, the gifts that God has given you? Are you using those talents? And then uh, your treasure. We're gonna, I'm going to finish up with this right here. I'm really getting ready to do some serious meddling now. And uh, in Malachi, uh, what, are you, what are you doing with your treasure? And I think that's one of the reasons that um, I thought I had that mark. Uh, Malachi 3.17, I believe is where I want to go. But just real quick, I know that all preachers, they like to use this verse right here. You're robbing God and, and this, that sort of thing. And that's, and that's fine. That's basically the crux of it. And I really thought I had it marked. That's okay. But it just basically... Do you want God's blessings and what already belongs to him? 100% already belongs to me. That's you for a tenth of it. Or do you want cursings? It's, it's, again, God knows we're simple. It's blessings and cursings. It's obedience. It's disobedience. And so we want to make a, 
uh, things really complicated. That's kind of what we do as, 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 as people, as, as mankind. But what are, where are you? Where are you? Uh, are you sheep bleeding? Are they, are they making a racket? Are they making so much racket you can't even get to sleep? And that's what a lot of times our disobedience will rob us of some, of some sleep and some peace and some joy and some, and some comfort. And that's what we're after. We are after that perfect peace that only comes from him and Holy Spirit. We will not get it any other way. Try to fill that void with your play pretties. Try to fill that void with junk and stuff. Try to fill that void with your bank account. It is impossible. You can't do it. Fill that void with him. Let him lead and guide and direct your path. Does that mean that everything's going to be just a uh, okie dokie? I mean, like a, like going six flags every day? Well, no, it's not going. It, it, there are ups and downs and valleys, and that he wants us to uh, rely and trust him. And but at the same time, uh, turn 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 your sheep loose. Let let them go bleat somewhere else. You know, don't be listening to that. Don't be doing that disobedience. Don't have that in your ear. Have the word of God in your ear. Have praise worship music in your ear. Spend time with him. Rely totally upon him. And it is amazing how things just seem to just kind of fall into place. They just do. Try to outgive him. Try to, just try it. I'm just asking you to try it. Ask R.G. Letourneau. You know, he, he died, I don't know, he still had 10, whenever he passed, I think he still had anywhere from 10 to $140 million, depending on who you listen to. He lived on 10% and gave away 90%. He tried to outgive him, and God just kept shoveling it, blessing him. And that's just what, that's how good our God is. Does he do that with everybody? I don't know. He's doing it with me. I mean, uh, I went with uh, 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 Colton. He's, I think he's involved with Dave Ramsey. Uh, a couple years ago, I said, man, you know, I'm just kind of seeing all this. And the outgo was more than the income. And, I, and, and it still doesn't make any sense. I think if I go back and I still look at it, outgo is still more than the income. And I'm, I'm still eating good. I'm still doing good. <laughs> but I want to, uh, let's, let's close, with a, close with a word of prayer. And I appreciate y'all attending this. I, I, uh, I, I apologize, but at the same time, it has been an honor. And, and a privilege to, to be here with you. Thank you very much. But let's, go to, let's go to Lord Prayer. Loving God, Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We ask Holy Spirit would just be thick in this place like it already has been. And uh, Lord, it would be thick in this place for the next service. And I just ask, Lord, that you would just uh, be with us, go with us, help us, Lord, to be who you want us to be that we operate in and how you have created us. Don't let me try to be like someone else, but Lord, help me to be what you want to be. Let my identity be in you and not in a job and not in, in, in whatever. Let my identity, let me look like you. Lord, I just ask the same for each and everyone here. Anybody that's come in here with a stony heart and wants that heart of flesh, these altars are open. And that Lord, we just ask that no one leave here with uh, with bitterness, hatred, uh, that self-control thing is what that we would yield to you, that that Holy Spirit, that that uh, you would have your will and your way in each and every one. In Jesus' name.